Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. Welcome to Missing in Canada, an ongoing series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Missing in Canada, an ongoing series by the Nighttime Podcast that explores the stories and circumstances of Canadian missing persons cases. In this episode, our story is going to take us to Hamilton, Ontario, in the times surrounding New Year's Day of 2022. At the center of this story is 23-year-old mother of two, Emily Bailey. While juggling mental health struggles and addiction, Emily was living a life resembling something between homelessness and couch surfing. But she was reliable. She posted regularly to TikTok, and she had scheduled visits with her children that she would never miss. But she did miss one in early January, and that led to people close to Emily checking in on each other. And very quickly, it was determined that no one had seen or heard from her in over a week. And concern immediately turned to panic. Now, over four months later, no sign of Emily has surfaced. And given the transient nature of her life, even the trail leading up to her disappearance is filled with mystery, obscured with conflicting statements by the unreliable witnesses to her last known days. But what is known for sure is that her family is desperate to find her and get answers to the many questions associated with her disappearance. And tonight, we're going to hear from one of the broken-hearted loved ones she left behind. In this episode of Nighttime, I'm going to be joined by Lori Bevan, Emily's mom, to discuss the still unexplained disappearance of her 23-year-old daughter, Emily Bailey. Family and friends of a missing Hamilton woman spent the day posting flyers across the city in hopes that someone will find her. Her family says it's out of character for her not to talk to them or post on social media, something she hasn't done in weeks. I am a mess. I need my daughter back. Wherever she is, just please come home. And we love you, miss you. Brandon Hunter and Emily share a child together, 22-month-old Kinsley. Emily has another daughter, Harper, who is three. The girls are currently living with their grandparents. She runs around on her, on her toy phone. I say she's talking to mommy. Her sister, Harper, looked at me the other day and said, please just bring my mommy home. And it's... So, so difficult. It's the hardest thing I've had to deal with. Harper has been crying a lot for mommy asking for. She knows something's going on. Do you want a hug? Those heartbroken tears seen today. Emily's family says they noticed something was wrong when she stopped posting online. The last TikTok she posted was from December 12th. Emily is slim, 5'4", and weighs 100 pounds. She has black hair with blue and green highlights. She has an elephant tattoo on her left forearm and a Batman symbol on the outside of her right forearm. Friends say that they will continue to put up flyers across Hamilton and other parts of Ontario until they find her. Not stopping. Uh, we're not going to stop until she's found her. We get answers. Regardless of what I have to do, if it's the last thing I do. Anyone with information is asked to contact Hamilton Police. And just to start, Lori, why don't you th- tell me a bit about yourself, uh, about you and your and your life? I'm a single working grandma, mom. <laughs> I have five children Ooh. and three grands. Wow. So, yeah, and my 
oldest granddaughter lives with me. And that's uh, Emily's daughter? Yes. So you're busy. Uh, we, oh, we, yes. You say you have five kids. How does Emily fall in in terms of, in terms of she's age? She's the second to youngest, so she's the second youngest. Okay. The last. Or... So uh, I'm guessing uh, Emily was raised in a, a busy family, a busy house with that many siblings. I have one sibling myself, and that was enough that we almost uh, tore each other apart for the first yeah. 10 years of my life. So I can't imagine five of them. Uh, tell me a bit about about Emily's upbringing and kind of like the, um, you know, the setting she, she grew up in. She, well, she was... Um... She was very outgoing when she was little. She's always been, even to this day, she's still very outgoing. You would be on a bus and she would like know everybody's life story by the time we got off the bus. Um, she was she was good. She was a, a pretty good kid. And then, you know, teens are teens. And she sometimes would give me a run for my money. But I mean, yeah, she's not perfect. She had her flaws, everybody does. Mm -hmm. And what kind of relationship did she have with her with her siblings? Um, she has a fairly good one, especially with her brother Ben. They mm -hmm. have an, a really they're very close, and and uh, which is I know it's really hard on him right now. And then my oldest son Andrew, her and him, they they've had their moments, but when she need needs somebody, he's there. My oldest daughter, yeah, she's been there for her too. And then my youngest son, he, um, they weren't super close anymore, but they still, you know, when they see each other, they had that. I never had siblings. So okay. <laughs> I don't uh, think I'm paired to. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Emily has one brother. I, th I think you said the name, uh, his name is Ben, who they, they were especially close. I think Ben is the one that I've seen a lot of videos of. Uh, Emily, I, I didn't re I didn't realize until recently that she was quite active on TikTok. And I believe Ben co-starred in a lot of her videos. And yes. <laughs> like I said, they're really close. They always were. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you mentioned there she has uh, two young children. Uh, yeah. Can you can you talk a bit of a bit about how motherhood um, has changed her or had affected her? Because I can only imagine when she would have had her first, she was probably nineteen or twenty. When she yeah, had her she first. was. She got pregnant. I think she was eighteen, and then had her by the time she was nineteen. But Emily had some issues before that, like she was doing a lot of drugs and stuff. So mm -hmm. when she got pregnant. I should realize, oh, I can't do this anymore because, you know, now she's having a baby. And she really stepped up in that, which I was so proud of her. Mm -hmm. And she was so excited when she was pregnant and she was so funny. She, she was, oh, my goodness. And she was, like, not even that big, like, her belly. And she goes, oh, am I not going to pop? And she was so, she just, some of the things she'd just say and she would, just, she has a good sense of humor. She's yeah she she was excited to be a mom uh, but a, a young mother that uh, being a young single mother especially would be very challenging yeah. how has like how did she she manage that was she i i know she will get into this but i know she was struggling in some ways which um as you just said there it seems like she was able to kind of turn it around a bit at least during the pregnancy was she she did for a bit but then mm. there were some issues and then i ended up getting harper at four and a half months okay so so and you're raising to her fight to get her yeah mm -hmm. but emily was involved she's always been involved and she was so 
good with her. She loved her daughters. She loves both of them. She loves both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you mentioned it there briefly. With she had struggles with with drugs, and even in a police press conference, they um, mm-hmm. they described her as as having lived a hard life. Emily lived a, a hard life, I would say. Um, she she suffered from some addictions. Um, she suffered from homelessness a lot. She was, and that kind of forced her into that transient little bit of lifestyle where she had to um, move from place to place. Um, but she never lost sight of of mom, daughters, family, and really and really her friends. Like she was connected to them. Um, so, although that hard lifestyle um, was thrust upon her, she was still connected to her family and friends. Maybe just tell me a bit yeah. about when the like what was she struggling with, and when did this start? Like when did you start seeing a change in her that led to whatever problem she found? Probably as a teen, because she started, you know. Well, I mean, all teens rebel, right? But mm-hmm. no, some do. <laughs> I did. I did. But yeah. So I mean, she. Um, I don't know if it was just maybe the crowd she was hanging out with, or what happened. She just, all of a sudden, she just started to do drugs, and she just, I know she struggled with a lot of, like, depression and, and some disorder, like, you know, mental disorders and stuff. And mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a struggle, and I think maybe that was trying to be her, maybe her coping mechanism. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think often it's all that stuff kind of mixes together when someone's dealing with any one of those things they can seem to kind of compound on top of each other so um but that was in with when we talk about um like struggles with the drugs was it the point where she was like um needing to get treatment for like addiction or was she able to kind of manage it she somehow managed it and she was like i said she was doing really well for quite a while Mm -hmm. And then she had her other daughter and she was doing great. And she had her, like, she had her daughter for, um, like, for quite a while until she ended up homeless. But, mm-hmm. and now the other daughter lives with the grandmother, the other grandmother. Okay. Um, yeah. And the homelessness, how did, how did that come about? Was that something where, did she choose to be, uh, like, live no, that she, life? She was living with someone and there were some issues and then that's when things happened and then she ended up homeless and they were, she was living in a tent for a while here okay. in the city. So it was, it was awful and I felt bad, but mm-hmm. just, and then I think she started doing drugs again at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and it, probably because her daughter went to the other grandmother, and I think a lot of things. She's certainly dealing with a lot by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, she um, was. And then, but like, I don't want people to think that's what defines her, because she was she was a good person and a good mom, and loved these kids, mm-hmm. loves them. Mm-hmm. And when, like, just thinking of trying to put myself in your shoes when you're you're living in the city, and and she's 
living on her own with that, with that kind of lifestyle like how did you, how did you communicate with her about you know the the lifestyle she was living at that point or was it the, like i know she was she was 23 so it wasn't the kind of thing where you could like really go hard and mom her because uh, yeah. she's still at that age where she you know she's a woman and can do her own thing yeah. i just kept telling her she needed to get her life together and, and you know and try and do this for the girls and because I kept telling her, like, that, you know, maybe eventually down the road, if she had proved to me that she was able to take care of Harper, which is the little one I have, that she could eventually maybe one day have her back. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing set in stone mm-hmm. that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I tried. I And every time she'd take like two steps forward, she'd take another step back. It Mm -hmm. always seemed like, and it was hard. Mm -hmm. But at at 23, she's, that's, that's a a young woman who still certainly has the potential to turn her life around and live a a, a normal life. So I'm sure like, did you have, or do you have like faith that she was, that she would make it right at one point? Like, did you feel like? I really did. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I do. I feel that she could and can and would. And how often would you like where she if she's staying kind of in a kind of a transient life like that? It's not the kind of thing I imagine where you could just swing by your house or call her up. Like how often were you talking in the months prior um, to her disappearance? We talked for a while. Well, the last time I really seen her was in November. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of a falling out mm-hmm. just after and. I always felt bad, like I wanted her to, like I would love for her to have come and stayed here, but I had that feeling that she was doing drugs again, and she would never say, and she, you know, she'd get angry, so I knew, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. have that, and it was hard, it was hard when I'd talk to her, and, you know, one day she came here and wanted a tarp, and I was like, oh, my stomach sunk, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what to do. You know, as a parent, you're at such wit's end sometimes, and you just don't, you don't know. And, and, and I was just, and yeah, and I'm thinking about Harper, too. Right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're also raising a young child, yes. so you need to protect her. Yes. Oh. the You mentioned the last time you saw her was in November. Was that your last time talking to her? Um, Not talking. I talked to her in December. Okay. Um, But seeing her was november well actually no i did see her a little bit after that because she was at my house i was coming home from work and she flew out my door and said goodbye um in, in these last kind of times seeing her in um, in november and her flying out of your house that day did she like did she seem well in terms of health like was she did, did things she, seem okay for the most part? yeah she looked good she seemed fine nothing seemed she she didn't really say much to me like she, I think if she knew not to because you know she either didn't want to worry me or didn't want me to get upset or I can understand that yeah now let's move on to the events around New Year's Day. Uh, let me ask, though, I, I understand she wasn't reported missing until 
days after she was last accounted for. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that may have a bit to do with the kind of the lifestyle she was living. But let me ask, like, when do you recall when it was first realized something was wrong? And were you involved in, in like that point of, of the story of like actually? No, yeah, I didn't really know um, that she because I she had called me on. I don't know if it was Instagram, maybe mm-hmm. a week before but i was at work so i didn't get a chance to call her mm-hmm. so i thought okay i'll just i'll call her in the new year like mm-hmm. i thought it's just it was so hectic with work and it, we were on an outbreak at work and everything mm-hmm. so i work in healthcare, and so it was like so much was going on but i think what happened was is she was supposed to go see her other daughter they had scheduled visits mm-hmm. she had scheduled visits with her and she didn't show up for the first one and normally she would call this is what i was told she would always call the other grandmother and everything and then i guess by the second one that's when the father of kinsley the little one he realized okay something's going on she hasn't showed up and she hasn't called Mm. so finally they put a call into the police but it was cas that actually called me to tell me that they had to put in a missing persons report. What is that? What is CAF? Oh, Children's Aid. That's um, oh, okay. Okay. The kids were like through. I understand. And, them, yeah. and and just so I understand, so the um the 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 father of of Emily's child, who's living with the other grandmother, uh, he him and Emily weren't together anymore. So he would no. have. He but they had a good relationship. Okay. And enough that he knew when she wasn't showing up for mm-hmm. these visits, something was yeah. up. And uh, yeah. I can only assume that he tried to contact her by whatever means he would have yeah. to reach her. And, um, and it, it's also, uh, we mentioned the TikTok videos. It's She was regularly posting, and it's very clear that just prior to the new year, the videos stopped. So Yeah. Um, so who actually filed the missing persons report or was it the children's aid? Like, did I'm it on not own? sure because I was told he did, mm-hmm. but then I don't know. Cause when they called me, it was like CAS. It was almost like the worker did it, but I, from what I got, it was the father okay. of Kinsley. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. I think it was him, but I don't, in, yeah, and, and either way, if like if children's aids involved, I imagine yeah. all this stuff is happening very fast. Um, yeah, because they're involved with the little one. Yeah. Okay, um, and then the initially when she's reported missing, like what what I wasn't able to glean from reading the news articles and whatnot. I know there were there were several like rallies and in, in marches to to raise awareness, but was there much of a of a search that you know friends and family did? No. Nope. No. Because we don't really know where to search. We're not really 100% on where she was actually last seen, mm-hmm. just because of all the holes. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure this out. Now we're going we're, we're gonna to set up a meeting with the police so that we can figure out where we could maybe start searching and we're going to start doing some. And now that the group's building up and getting bigger, we should have better luck and everything with it but we've put out lots of posters we're constantly on social media always posting stuff Mm -hmm. i even put my little granddaughter out there which i wouldn't have done normally but Mm -hmm. i put her on so that somebody might feel guilty and 
say, hey, okay, this little girl is holding a poster of her mom. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched was hoping it. it would tug at somebody's heartstrings. Yeah, I, well, I watched a video of one of the rallies and, and saw her her oldest oh, child, I believe, yeah. there, um, which is heartbreaking and unimaginably so. Um, you mentioned like not knowing where to start when even watching the police, like the Hamilton police press conference or reading any of the articles, it seems like her last known days were New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. But it seems to be very vague as far as where she was. There's mention mm-hmm. of like there may have been a party and she may have been going yeah. to a friend's house. Can you tell us more about the New Year's Eve party that she, where she was last heard from, where that happened, anything more about that? So the New Year's Eve party is reported, reported to be, have been occurring on uh, Weir Street North. I can't really tell you much more details about the party. I'm actually, I would be interested in uh, any information related to that party. Was that the last place she was seen? Uh, the last place she was seen was on a, uh, at, reported to be at a residence on Weir Street the following day. So that would be on January 1st? That's correct. Do you know approximately what time she would have left that residence? Uh, it was in the morning. Like early morning? Uh, no, sorry, like uh, in, at, uh, before, between 8 and 12 in the morning. There's indications that she was headed to a friend's house. However, that never occurred. She never made it to the friend's house. That's correct. Okay. Do you know where, um, like, like these kind of may have bins, do you know where this stuff has come from? Like, are, are you involved in the investigation or do you have any information? We have some, like, because we can't say too much. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it, I think, like, people are, like, the people that she was last seen around or with or they've just they like i said they keep changing their stories like mm-hmm. we didn't know what she was wearing until like almost three weeks later wow okay because you know they didn't nobody said anything and there's just so many things to the story the story's actually there's been so many stories that i heard like from the beginning and i was uh, everywhere with my head because i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. <laughs> And the and the people that she was associated with just prior to last being seen, it's not like these are like her childhood friends or something. These are people oh, no, you don't know. No, these are people. Um, I met one of them once and I had a bad feeling. So I just, yeah, they're not people that I would associate myself with. No. Okay. I can understand. Now, at this point, do you know what the last known sighting of her was like if are you even even able to point to like this is the last time someone seemed to have seen her they said that they seen her like she was at barton and kenilworth area and on weir street mm-hmm. so that's the last thing we know um you know aside from the this kind of vagueness of where she was last seen, if there was a party, if she was on her way to a friend's house, these things that police seem very interested in learning about as well. Yeah. They even even in the press conference, they, uh, I think one of the reporters asked about, you know, a, a, something about a party and the, the police detective even said himself, that's something I'd like to know more about if there was. Yeah, so. like that's why I was saying alleged party because I don't know. Wow. Like, we don't really know. Yeah, I and, think a lot of stuff's made up. I mm-hmm. think there's been a lot of made up stuff. And one other aspect of this story that, and this has come up at the police press conference as well, and it's kind of strange the way this has been said, but they said she has been associated with a 
black pickup truck in the days yeah. prior to her disappearance. Um, we know that uh, on the 31st of December, she was looking for a ride of some sort. Uh, and that during that week, that last week of December, she had some sort of uh, either connection or association with a dark colored um, uh, pickup truck, GMC or Chevy, uh, that she had some connection to that vehicle. But we don't know if that vehicle was with her on the, the 31st or not. So when she left on the morning of the 1st, she was looking for a ride then or the day before? The day before, the, day the before. 31st. So she was looking for a ride on the 31st. She had been seen somehow in connection with this dark colored vehicle. In the week. In the week prior. Correct. She leaves on the morning of the 1st and it's unknown what happens to her after that. You have it, yes. Okay. Do you know anything about this truck and how it's involved in her story? You know what, there's people, I can't really say much, but there's people that there is a black truck associated to them, and that's pretty much all I know. So okay. we don't, yeah, mm -hmm. we're not um, really sure on everything because the police are telling us what they can, but. And how has that relationship been between you and your family and the police? Like, I, of course, they have a lot of information that they would need to keep for the sake yeah. of the investigation or whatnot, but are, are you and your family and like, do you feel in the dark or, or are you kept up to speed a little bit with what's going on? Trying we're hope. Well, yeah. Sometimes I feel like we're in the dark. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel that way. And then sometimes when we go, we get a little bit more when we've seen them, mm -hmm. we're supposed to be going, I think hopefully next week or the week after they're trying to set up a, a meeting with us. And we're going to go and we have to discuss this because I need to know if there's any leads on anything. And, you know, I just want to know. Mm -hmm, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, now, as when we talk about leads or developments, sadly, in, in her case, there's been very little. It seems like now, um, five months since she was last seen. Four. Four months since she was last seen. It four, seems, yeah. yeah, it seems like there's very little new information that's surfaced, but one significant but dark development has been her case was passed on to the homicide team. Yes. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for coming. Uh, Emily Bailey was reported missing to the Hamilton Police Service on January 10th of this year uh, when her friends and family couldn't get in contact with her. Uh, she's not been seen or heard from since that time, uh, and uh, both the police and her family are concerned for her well-being. Emily is a mother of two young daughters, and this is uh, much out of her uh, character. Uh, at this time, the Hamilton Police Service homicide investigators uh, have taken over the search for Emily, and we believe the circumstances surrounding her disappearance uh, have indicated the possibility of foul play. Uh, we believe uh, there's individuals in our community that are aware uh, and have information related to her disappearance and Emily's family deserves answers, and we are encouraging those people to come forward. Yeah, so uh, you're correct. So the investigation started on January 10th. It's been extensive since that time. It was initially held with our uh, divisional detectives out of uh, the Division 20. Uh, the circumstances have evolved through, uh, since that time. Uh, I would suggest 
Uh, even off the offset, there were some indications that there was, uh, this was not of her character or not of her nature. Uh, so there were concerns at that time. It just didn't cross that threshold uh, where we were moving that up to uh, the threshold that would meet the homicide unit's uh, uh, engagement. Uh, and then just recently, uh, some information has come forward that we have, have uh, deemed that, that we would like to take over the investigation at this time. Um, when, you, when you heard this development that it was being taken over by the homicide team, does that, did that change the way you viewed you know, hope uh, of, of her coming home? Like, was this a significant? Yeah, it you know, really, it was it really hit hard. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's been difficult. I just keep praying that they're wrong and that they're just going in the wrong direction. And I just keep praying mm -hmm. because I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel it in my heart that she's gone. I don't know. Like sometimes I'll get a feeling like one day I, I people probably even think I'm crazy, but I swear in my, I could see like I could picture her, like I it was like I saw her, and to me she looked like she was on a concrete floor rocking, like crunched in a ball, mm. and I don't know where that came from. And the other weird thing is, I'll sometimes find myself, I start rocking. I've never done this before. That's why I really think that she's still alive. I I just believe it in my heart, but I don't know, right? I mean. I don't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. This is the one time I really pray I'm my feelings right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, another thing that uh, when you talk about like developments and people speculating or theorizing about Emily's story is uh, for a short period of time, there was a social media post that basically went viral um, oh. that that linked Emily's disappearance with the disappearance of another young woman in that area around the same time. And whoever made this post speculated that there is a serial killer active in Hamilton. Yeah, and I, yeah. And, and just like when I say it went viral it, to the point that it got shared around and discussed so much that the police even issued a statement saying, yes, like, we're not investigating it that way. Yeah. What and is, I, I messaged our one detective about it. Like, I was like, this is ridiculous. I, I didn't believe it, but I said, this is going around. And I sent the, the screenshot that I had from somebody. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't believe it. I think people just, I'm realizing by being on social media this much with all of this, I find people just come up with the most ridiculous things. Even when homicide took over, all of a sudden people were saying, oh, well, she's dead. She's this, she's that. Mm -hmm. Like some of the horrible things that were coming on was, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of remind, uh, like brings me to the Facebook group that is dedicated to the discussion of, of Emily and raising awareness and advocating for, for her. Is that one thing that I find um, the moderators of the Facebook group are... Um, very keen on is ensuring that people use the right missing persons poster and you know and stick yes. to the facts uh can you talk a little bit about other than this situation with that viral post how has social media played into all of this um you know it's done really well because so many people are sharing so many people are asking if they can have the copy of the poster to put out in their cities because we're trying to get it 
out of just Hamilton. We're getting it everywhere that we possibly can. Um, a lot of people are just really vocal with other people. They're talking about it. They're it's it's been really I think it's good except for the fact that some people have to be really nasty. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the posters is the first ones that were put up and I don't know why people's names were on them instead of the police. Well what you know so why why would you be on there? Why did they need to call you? <laughs> oh, you mean like you know if you have any information? Yeah, call. and they had their and then it was funny because my ex was on there too. He goes, oh, I don't even know how anybody put me on. Why they put me on there? But he goes, nobody's <laughs> called me, but I know they've called other people. Okay, yeah, that's not cool. No, no, and that was the issue too. And I think that was something with the police that they were, but now we've made a really good one, and it's only the police. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Facebook group where people are, are discussing Emily's Emily's case is, is quite active. Have have you received many like leads or tips or people coming forward through the Facebook group? Like are people? Well, that's known the her? problem when people say, "Oh, I saw her on the bus," or "Oh, I saw her here." Well, you got to go to the police. I yeah, can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried to explain that, and now I notice now that we've really got it. I think I finally got it in people's heads that you cannot call, you can't contact us. You have to contact the police. We, mm-hmm. we're not the police. We can't go run to everything. And and if they're seeing her on a bus, they should be contacting them so that they could see if it's her. But apparently, there is a young girl who apparently looks a lot like my Emily, and oh. her name is Emily. Oh my! And the yeah, and our detective, she said that the poor girl, she's like, it's like she's getting harassed every time. Oh Jesus! So I feel bad, but yeah. Well, at least people are looking. Um, yeah, which is good, but I feel bad for. Her. Yeah, um, in in the community, like you mentioned, putting up posters, and I know there's been press coverage uh, along the way. What kind of support have you been getting? from members of the community be it members of this facebook group or just people in general offering to help like are you getting a lot of support from people yeah and a lot of people just want to try and get her out there like they're always asking oh can we get posters can like i said if they can we can send them like you know the copy and stuff so everybody's doing that and that really helps especially now i want to get it like put it on there that we need them outside of the city. And wow, the response I'm getting is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, They've been wonderful. Is there any other cities or areas that that Emily would be connected to in any way? Like maybe a place she traveled to often or have close friends? No, or- we can't really think of any. Um, just I just told people just to put them around. You never know if anything's Same, yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she used to go online a lot and she could have, you know, talked to someone. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I'm sure that you probably aren't involved in this part of the investigation, but I'm thinking the police are probably looking into who she would have been communicating with online and who she was connected to. Do you know anything about who she would have been connected to online by chance? No. No. And, no. and what about this as a, um, the, um, it, it, you talked about how just prior to her disappearance, she was going through 
a, a, seems like a rough patch and she was living mm-hmm. a, tr- a transient life on the streets. Yeah. Did you know, did, at that point in her life, were there plans she had for the future? Like in terms of like, you know, yes. go back to school, get a job. What was, what was she looking yeah. forward to? That's what she was doing. Um, my oldest son, she had called him and he was so proud because she was telling him that she was going to start back to school and that she um, was going to look into getting a job. She told me too. And I told her, I'll be very proud of her if she does these things. And I was really hoping that she was going to start, you know, to do that. And she, and I think she was, I think she was trying to get back on track, really was trying to get back on track. But I think, you know, there's so many obstacles and then this happened. I'm sure a lot of her motivation to get her life together were her two young daughters who, again, one is yes. living with you and one is living with uh, the father's mother, the other grandparent. Yeah. Um, I know they're young children, but they're certainly becoming the age where they're going to start realizing, you know, that what's happening around them. How are the, how are the children doing at this point? Um, well, my granddaughter Harper that lives with me, she, she, I think she's pretty smart. For three, they're pretty smart. Oh, yeah. She knows that something's going on. She understands the police are looking. I don't know if she fully, you know, sometimes she says to me, oh, mommy could just take a bus home. And my heart breaks. Um, Just things like that. But she's always asking. But she keeps saying to me, they're going to find her. She actually told me the one day they're going to find mommy. Mm. She's going to come back. And well, again, my heart broke. My other little granddaughter, um, she gets on her little toy phone and calls mummy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's it's hard. And they grow up so like they grow so faster. So even in three months, they're what they realize around them is going to be altogether yeah. different. So it's like I guess it's at a point now where they're really going to start piecing it together. Yeah, because next month Harper will be four. Oh, okay. Kinsley had just turned two on Emily's two months missing the day we went for the press conference for mm. the, yeah, the homicide the, taking over. I remember watching that press conference and it's, it was her daughter's birthday, which is kind of. Yeah. And this is something she would never miss. Like it's been hard on me because now I'm trying to plan for Harper's birthday. And I always had Emily help. Like last year we did a SpongeBob and she made the bikini bottom sign for outside and we had so much fun. And then her first birthday, we had a blast trying to set it up. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm lost. It's going to be the worst birthday because I don't have anybody to help. Oh my. But you, and, you mentioned like it's, it's, she would never miss these events and she would never no. be gone this long. So it's, no, it's safe to say that you, um, believe something, something is, she didn't just travel no. with a friend. Something is going no, on. She didn't just leave. She would never do that. Mm-hmm. She would never do that. Holidays like Easter passed and like, she loves the holidays and stuff and mm-hmm. just, yeah, this mm-hmm. has been really difficult. Mm-hmm. And knowing Harper's birthday's coming now is just really yeah, like just another really bit, another kind of 
moment in time that would yeah. signal like she would not miss this either no. um uh, you mentioned like coming up next uh, you're planning to meet with with police to hopefully get a bit yeah. more insight on the investigation and what's going on but is there any other key kind of moments or events or projects you have you know in the, in the near future related to um, emily we're probably going to do, we'll do another rally and we'll, we'll put posters, but I think that's when we'll start doing foot searches. And plus I also broke my foot. That was the other reason we couldn't go. I just got my cast off after like seven weeks. Okay. So now we should be able to do more. Especially with summer, like warmer weather. Yeah. And, yeah. and okay. the weather, the weather has been a huge factor in a lot of things oh i can only imagine yeah um you know for, for people who are listening to this and i know there will be a lot of people in the area or just people online or in general who want to help what like for people who hear emily's story and want to either get involved or support you or help in some way what can the average person do to, to help bring her home um just make it very aware that she's missing maybe when we do the searches and stuff if people can come out and help um for posters if more and more people can put them out more and more as many as we can get out there mm -hmm. the better um even like word of mouth everything like just make sure she's known mm -hmm. like i have her on my front door and i have her on my back door and i've had people come by i live in a townhouse complex and i've had people um message like message me and you know tell me oh you know i'm there if you need me we actually had somebody they brought um flowers and a beautiful card and it said stay strong and oh and i've been trying mm -hmm. um and i know a lot of people will want to know where the best spot to go to stay informed of what's happening. I'm thinking that's likely the Facebook group is where, uh, if there's any updates, that's where we'll, yes, we'll likely that's where we put everything. And mm -hmm. if we have like anything coming up, any events or anything, we're going to try and do some, I think with, um, I don't know. We're, I don't know what we're going to do. Like I suggested raising money. Maybe sometimes money might be an incentive for somebody mm -hmm. to want to, give well, us information i hate to do that because i always tell people she's not a lost pet yeah she's not a lost stapler in the office this is a human being mm -hmm. but um just thinking when you you mentioned that it's just like a story that involves a lot of people that aren't close to her something like funding for a private detective could certainly be something to consider yeah. as well but um but yeah so the the facebook group is missing colon emily bailey dash hamilton yeah. ontario and, um, yes, I want to change it up a bit, though. I told my son, Ben, we should call it like Emily's Empire or something. We need to get something catchy out there. Well, I'll um, I'll include links for people in, in this episode for anyone who wants to join that. There'll be a link there. And if the name changes or whatever, they'll, it'll, it'll yeah, get them there. Yeah, so. I just thought maybe if it's more, you know, because she has this, I told my son, I want to make T-shirts and I want to put her wonky batman tattoo that i was embarrassed by uh, on, yeah on she, them because that's her that's her she has a there's two i've seen it come up quite a bit there's two prominent tattoos she has a batman symbol is it on her arm mm -hmm. yeah on her i think her forearm it's awful it, is it awful <laughs> it is i don't know who did it but it was the worst, worst job i've ever seen and what is and the then other she one? has an elephant 
Okay. There were supposed to be two, but she couldn't stand the pain any longer. Oh, so my God. <laughs> oh. All right. And um, then she had another tattoo with symbols, and I didn't, I never, I don't remember ever seeing that. I think she was always wearing long sleeves and just didn't show me because everybody's going, oh, yeah, and I'm going, I do not remember that tattoo. Okay, well, the the Batman one certainly comes up in the yeah. uh, m many of the articles will reference yeah. that, but I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it's memorable. Um, all right, well, I, I appreciate you taking so much time to share some of your story and tell us a bit more about Emily uh, and her children. It's it's yeah. a heartbreaking story, and I think it's um, we just want her home because I just miss her smile, her laugh, and the kids do too, and. Her daughter and her two daughters. Oh, we just, yeah, I miss her voice. I think that's something I really miss. Her voice. I just want to hear her come in and say hi, ma'am, in her silly voice. And our faces we used to make. We didn't even have to talk. We could just make these silly faces, and we'd start laughing, or we'd be out, and we'd see something funny. We just kind of look at each other, and then we'd have to turn away because we knew we'd start laughing. <laughs> oh, it's hard. I want to thank you for joining Lori and I for a discussion surrounding the disappearance of 23-year-old Emily Bailey. But I will let you know that my coverage of Emily's case isn't done yet. Very shortly I'll be releasing a companion piece to this episode which will feature my discussion with Emily's brother Ben. That should be available in the coming days. But until then, for anyone who'd like to follow this story and learn more about Emily, Lori invites us all to join the Missing Emily Bailey Facebook group. I've added a link to get you there in this episode's description. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode, but before we part, I want to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Lori for sharing her story with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. I'd also like to thank Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. But lastly, and most importantly, I have a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. And not only does that make the show possible, it's going to give you more of each episode than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for both the price of a cup of coffee, keep the show alive by subscribing to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers, Cassandra, Ray, and Judy. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, but can't do it financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone out there has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or contribute a voice memo to be aired on a future episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. And I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.